0: Welcome back to the second segment of today's Gone Outdoor Show. We're Kello News Talk, or KWSN in Sioux Falls, or KFU, the Mighty 790 in Fargo. Or maybe you're listening on podcasts. Whichever it is, we're glad you are here. Uh, We're going to chat with a very good friend of ours. Uh, He is an extremely avid outdoorsman. He's a great father. He's a great educator. Uh, Mr. Brian Sather... Better affectionately known as Beef, uh, Fat heads Guide <laughs> Service. Beef, welcome to Gone Outdoors.
1: It's awesome to be on the air with you guys. You guys are one of the best in the nation, and I am I feel privileged to be with you.
0: So for this topic we're going to discuss, I can't think of anybody better, literally. I Out of the thousands of people that we know, I can't think of anybody better than you to discuss this. You are a winter and summer fishing guide. You're a firefighter, you're a school teacher, um, you do it all. I mean, through all aspects of the community, whether it's fishing or just community stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about ice safety. This year's kind of unusual. It seems like our early ice period is lasting forever. It's just, we're just not really getting out of it, which creates some unusual conditions for some people. Um, depending on where you're going. So uh, we should probably highlight some of those things and uh, go from there. So you're up in Lake of the Woods. You do a lot up there, actually, throughout all of northern Minnesota. You know, just this last week, we had heard of some somewhat unusual circumstances, one on Red Lake, you know, where they have to go and rescue people because the lake isn't locked up. Let's start there. What, What does it mean when they say a lake isn't locked up in the wintertime?
1: when you ask what does it mean to lock the lakes up is what we're talking about is 100 percent ice covered not moving anymore no cracks that are open um the sheets of ice are staying basically where they need to be obviously ice is always moving during the year because of the temperature influx but as of right now it's it's been tough this year we're trying to get these lakes completely frozen there's chunks of ice that are 8 to 11 12 inches thick and then there's 400 500 yards of or a big old gap in the ice that's wide open with white caps in it so you just don't know but uh that's what it means to be you know locked up and that's you know to that question you asked there is we need to be 100 percent locked up to know that then we're then we're doing the right thing you know
0: you know brian for for a lot of us it just seems like we're our frame of reference is some of our local lakes and when they freeze, they freeze. That's, that is not the case with a lot of, especially the bigger bodies of water. And so where do you typically see some of these situations where you have lakes that are partially frozen, but not completely?
1: So we'll start with in in my neck of the woods here, upper red lake is always one of the first ones that people go to right away because it's shallow. It builds ice quick. But what people don't realize that are not from the area, there's also lower red lake. And that's a deeper lake, bigger basin of water. Um, And then the gap in between the two lakes, if that doesn't freeze, it moves. And that's where every year we hear of people that get stranded or the ice sheet broke, stuff like that. Um, Where we traditionally see it is on these bigger body of waters. And, um, you know, on Lake of the Woods, it's a million acre lake. And you can't look across the lake with a pair of binoculars. It's just you can't even get a drone up there to see the whole lake. So there's things like that. So what we we rely on a lot in the ice guides and all the resorts up here and even down to Red Lake, we rely on overhead satellite photos. And, you know, each day one of the sites will throw a satellite picture out for us and we can actually get a good picture of it. And I was just looking at the one from this week here when Red Lake had those issues and on our lake here, and we could see where it was thin ice or open water. And the hard part is, is we have no snow. So everything either looks open or it's, a half an inch thick of ice, that's it, you
0: know. And, you know, and something else I think a lot of people really, if you are going to go out and take your chances on these lakes, Red, Red Lake, there's been people up there fishing for three weeks, two, three weeks at least. Yep. And, and yep. they've been getting out safely, they've been walking out. Then, as it got thicker, some would bring four wheelers out, you know, and and they've been playing it safe that way. But without the lake locked up, uh, there's always that risk, and it's something that you got to really be prepared for.
1: It, and it then when we get birth. that
0: wind that we had last week, I mean, it's you're set up for disaster, and you really got to pay attention to that as an angler if you're going out. Make sure that you're not going to be getting those high winds, because it's those high winds that really move that sheet of ice around
1: looking at the weather forecast is just as important as talking to your local bait shop or resort when you're going out on these bigger body of waters or even smaller lakes because if you know the forecast it's just like when you're in the summertime if you get out on lake of the woods for example we take our launch boats out or our charter boats out and we know at one two o'clock we're going to see an increase in the wind out of the north you know it, it plays in how you fish during the day same thing with ice fishing early season is If there's a crack somewhere, and if let's say you're on that south end of the lake, and there's a crack there, and you know you're getting a heavy south wind, that sheet can go north if there's room for it to move. Perfect example, this week we had one of our resorts here stake their trails on Lake of the Woods. And there was still some spots that weren't all 100% locked up. That wind came through, and the next day they went out, and their, their trail was about 20 yards, 30 yards from where it was when they staked it. So that ice sheet moved. I mean, you could barely tell it unless you went out with GPS and you're like, wow, that's 20, 30 yards off, you know? And uh, it's amazing what's going on with that. And you just got to, you just got to pay attention to the ice. And that's something that a lot of us guides and resorts, we, we're, we do it enough. So we kind of, we're not, there's no certification. There's no college degree on how to read ice, but you have to be able to look at that and, and play that into the game. Okay, here's
0: a, I just saw a little bit of um, a snippet, I think it was on social media. What was the story this past week with the airplane up on Upper Red?
1: Wow, and that's that's how I start with that is, I, I go back to the old school days when the crappie run was going phenomenal and you had to be at the lake at 4.30 and I remember watching airplanes come dropping in on that lake, people would get out, pull their augers out of their storage, drill holes, catch their crappies and fly out. And that's kind of what we're seeing again this year with this walleye boom and, and, the, and the fisheries boom, people want to fish. So the story that I heard was the guy came in, it, it happened earlier in the morning, like about 8, 8.30 in the morning, and he took a look, he flew about 20 feet off, checked the ice out, came back around, did it again, and that's when he put her down on the ice and then where he put it in at sounds like it was open water just a few days ago. So he put his nose into the water into the ice. And um, I know they were trying to do water recovery that evening when they were, when it happened, I don't know if they got it out or not yet, but it's, uh, it, it's interesting when you see that stuff, you know,
0: we only got about a minute left and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about water recovery or ice recovery, you know, like yep. for people that get stranded out there on the lake, they're floating and say there's 50 yards, 100 yards to open water. And generally they get to call some type of a rescue group to come in and help them out, whether it's the county, local sheriffs, whoever it is. What do those guys have to do? I mean, how much risk are you putting them in just to come and save you because you did this?
1: Well, we, but that fire department up here, we trained um, about a, three weeks ago in the ice. We cut a chunk of ice open and uh, put a swimmer in there. but. What we're trained to do is we we use the proper attire. We have these Gumby suits that are pretty darn cool. They keep us warm. They keep us uh, floating, and they're, they're meant to protect us. But that angler or the person that went in, they got to remember, we have to stage, get dressed, and everything, and that water's cold. You know, five to seven minutes through the ice, you're going to be battling hypothermia already. So if somebody's trying to rescue them, and it's us, we're spreading our body weight out as much as we can. If it's closer to shore, we might use a ladder, might use a – Uh, like a john boat to push us across it and disperse the weight and then when we get to the the the, the victim that fell in we're going to find we have some form of a rope or a a, like a pool noodle to put around them so they're not thinking us too and then we usually just pull them out with a rope that way to get them out there as fast as we can and then have our uh, emts ready to go
0: well brian uh i'd like to say thank you for what you do not only for the fishing community, but for all the anglers out there in your work with the fire department. And uh, thank you very much for coming on Gone Outdoors. This is a great reminder for all of us to take a little extra caution every time we head out on the ice. Thanks a lot, buddy.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. Just remember, every time you go on the ice, just play,
0: you know, be smart. All right, stick around. We'll be back with more Gone Outdoors after this short break.